Hello and welcome to the Actually Biblical Podcast. I'm Landon Lejean, joined with James Merritt today. And we're on our Abraham series, episode 4. And this one is titled Kingdom of Servants. And in this episode, we're going over Genesis 14, 1 through 16. I encourage you guys, if you ha- this is your first time joining us, go ahead and go back to episode 1 and, and follow through, you know, as we, go, as we dig into his life and the story. The last episode, we talked a little bit, we introduced Lot as a character and Lot and what that story of him and Abram separating and the significance in that and how God detailed and, and wrote that down and what he meant by that. And we're now we're in uh, Genesis 14, and we're talking about the kingdom of servants. So if you want to follow along, we're going to be reading Genesis chapter 14, verses 1 uh, through 16. And uh, there's a lot of names and a lot of locations in here, so... <laughs> You know, if we kind of mispronounce, you know, a thing or two in here, please have mercy upon my soul. (laughs) Amen. But but we're going to read it, you know, whether we understand how to pronounce every word, we can understand the story at least. But here we go. So Genesis chapter 14, verse 1 through 16. And it came to pass in the days of Amraphel, king of Shinar, Ariok, king of Elisar, Kedor Laomer, king of Elam, and Tidal, king of nations, that they made war with Bera, king of Sodom, Bersha, king of Gomorrah, Shinab, king of Adma, Shimeber, king of Zeboim, and the king of Bela, that is Zoar. All these joined together in the valley of Siddim, that is the Salt Sea. Twelve years they served Kedor Laomer, and in the thirteenth year they rebelled. In the fourteenth year, Kedor Laomer and the kings that were with him came and attacked the Rephaim in Esteroth, Karnaim, the Zuzim in Ham, the Amim in Sheva, Kiriathim, and the Horites in their mountain of Seir as far as El Paran, which is by the wilderness. Then they turned back and came to En Mishpat, that is Kadesh, and attacked all the country of the Amalekites. And also the Amorites who dwelt in Hazazon, uh, Tamar. And the king of Sodom, the king of Gomorrah, the king of Adma, the king of Zeboim, and the king of Bela, that is Zoar, went out and joined together in, the valley, in, in battle in the valley of Siddim against Kedor Laomer, king of Elam, Tidal, king of nations, Amraphel, king of Shinar, and Ariot, king of Elisar four kings against five. Now the valley of Siddim was full of asphalt pits and the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled. Some fell there and the remainder fled to the mountains. Then they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their provisions and went their way. They also took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom and his goods and departed. Then one who had escaped came and told Abram, the Hebrew, for he dwelt by the terebinth trees of Mamre, the Amorite brother of Eshcol and brother of Aner, and they were allies with Abram. Now when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his 318 trained servants who were born in his own house, and he went in pursuit as far as Dan. He divided his forces against them by night, and he and his servants attacked them and pursued them as far as Hobah, which is north of Damascus. 
So he brought back all the goods and also brought back his brother Lot and his goods as well as the women and the people. And uh, I should have mentioned this before I started reading through, but I was reading in the New King James Version. So if you're looking at King James, uh, it might be a little bit different just for uh, anyone that was wondering. But So to paraphrase, break this down, what's happening, these four kings get together and say, hey, let's rule the world. It's kind of like a world war situation here in the beginning of the beginning of this. But if you can think of that, but these four kings make an alliance, come against these five kings. They served for 12 years, rebelled in the, in the last year, the 13th year. And they go and they battle against uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, this hits home for, for Locke. That's where he's living. His pitch just hit towards Sodom. And he's living in his convenience. And all of a sudden, boom, war breaks out. They're coming against him. And they overtake these kings. And when Lot is captured and taken as a prisoner of war, um, Abram hears about it from one that escaped. And he gets... 318 of his servants, his trained servants, and goes out in the night and kills them all and delivers them and returns everything back to them and resets everything. Right. And if you think about that, that that is uh, ensuring that, and this is all taking place in the promised land. This is all taking place in the promised land. This isn't outside of the promised land. This is in the promised land. This is within the borders of and the parameters of what God gave Abram. So in a way, Abram is delegating what's happening in the land. And this time he's he's resetting and he's he's a prince of the region and he's establishing himself as a prince of the region in this manner to where he's going in the night and he is setting himself and and with God, God has given him the strength and the power to do so to to take over and to reestablish uh, the cities and everything. So he goes, takes it, and he gives everything back and delivers a lot, uh, his brother. So one thing, one thing we 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 talked. Me and you were talking about before we even hit the record was that uh, all these these four kings did it for gain and wealth and to take over power and to take over the land, and they did it to to gain something. But but when Abraham heard what was going on. He heard that Lot was captured, and that's why he did it. He he got his servants together. He did it because because of Lot. So they did it to gain, but Abram did it for a soul. And and as and he established and the title I, I we titled it Kingdom of Servants because that's all he's going with. That's and that's all he needs to take over this and to take over this region and reestablish it. He is. And it's it's uh it's kind of referring to not only that but also what Jesus did when he came to earth and established his kingdom and it's a kingdom of servants it's not a, a kingdom of of people who are trying to gain and do it for blessing and do it for honor and do it for for gold and, and glory no they they do it for to serve and they just do it to to establish themselves and what an honor it is to to serve you know I mean we just take a moment and realize what what an honor it is to serve in this kingdom and be a part of, a part of this kingdom and to live in the way of righteousness and to live in the way of a communion with God and have that covenant and we're going to talk about that in the next episode but um the, just the honor it is to serve to serve the Lord and to serve the man of God in our lives and and that's what these servants were doing they were they were submitted to Abram they were trained and they were submitted to Abram and 
And when Abram said, let's go, they, they said, okay, we're going to go and we're going to make what's right. And, and Abram had no part of this war. Nothing to do with him other than Lot. Other than Lot. Lot was the only reason he did it. Otherwise, he would have let it be. He would have completely kept his, kept his paws off of it. He would have stayed in the in this desert land that he was dwelling in, in, in his tent, and gone through his his rough, rough life, and just would have let it be. But no, someone came and told him about a soul, told him about a lot that he was close to, you know, and that's why he did it. You know, he did it to serve, and in a way, this is serving the promise. This is serving the promise in this in this manner. But it's it's not we don't do it to gain we we do it to serve and when Jesus came, people people were at the time the Pharisees were wanting you know hey God Jesus why, if you're here why don't your your kingdom should be you know like take over the Roman Empire you know just take over the world you know this is and and God wasn't trying to establish that he was trying to establish a people a group that weren't conquering and and devouring and and doing it for gain only and 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 just take 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 no he did it to give to give to give to give and the bible talks about um um well an example is is paul paul uh, as he's writing the more he writes the further you see he goes in humility and humbling himself and to the point he says i'm the least of all you know i'm the least of all so having that the only mindset we need to have is humility when we're serving you know we're not really trying to focus a lot on this story we're just trying to establish um this um common theme that we see in the bible and this is kind of the first time it's really played out in a in a world sense in a warring sense that spiritually when you have these these spirits are trying to overtake your promise and overtake it and you trying to take this world it's it's a kingdom of servants that, that can go through in one night and take over the entire world you know it can have the most the greatest effect service can have the greatest effect on on somebody when you go and deliver someone a, a thing of groceries i mean that that has an impact that they'll never forget ever forget and we're just in, in this episode we're just establishing this story there's not a huge significance in this story there's really not, uh, other than it's just historically telling us what's happened. It's a fascinating story if you guys want to go and study out historically what this is, but there's not much significance other than Abram was doing it for a soul. He was going and he was conquering and he was reestablishing his promise for a soul. And someone who, who left who left him, left the church, you could say, for convenience, left and went to the world to make a buck and, and to to live off live off of the what God saw as insignificant mm-hmm. you know that's what God that's what Abram did he did it in love and he did it to serve and to protect and to and to save Lot yeah. you know just when you really look through the Bible I mean the greatest men of the Bible were men that were submitted um, right. one man that I think of in the Bible that uh, probably one of the greatest uh, examples of submission would be Samuel, yeah. arguably the the greatest prophet of the Old Testament. Arguably, Absolutely. you know, there's yeah. there's plenty of men that can contend for that title. Not that it really matters who is the greatest or not, but um, but certainly one of the most outstanding prophets um, 
con- considering his time, uh, what was going on with the kingdom of Israel. But you got to look at the man that he was submitted to, right? Eli. Uh, uh, especially at the time when Samuel was learning under him, uh, Eli uh, and his sons, uh, they were they were doing terrible. Or well, Eli's sons were doing it. Eli wasn't so much a participant of it, but he allowed it to happen and uh, did, didn't do anything about it. Uh, and if you want to know what I'm talking about, just go and read it. But not, not so uh, nice things that Eli's sons were doing in the the house of God in the in the tabernacle they were they were doing those things in uh, a place that was very supposed to be very holy very sanctified very set apart and Samuel even in the midst of that was still very submitted uh, to his leadership Absolutely. another example would be Joseph yeah. submitted to Potiphar you know and again you got to think you know Egypt at this time you know uh, or Egypt probably at any time in history uh, probably did not really have that much of a relationship with God uh, not that Potiphar you know not that the scripture really draws Potiphar out to be this terrible guy or anything but just probably someone who didn't really have a relationship with God to begin with Joseph still submitted to him even to the point where he got thrown into prison and then he, he submitted even in that situation the the warden gives him uh, all this favor all this uh, yeah, responsibility absolutely. and even in the midst of Joseph serving he serves the baker and the uh the uh, cupbearer, um, and even you know, even in, in a situation where he's wrongfully imprisoned for something he didn't do, he serves and helps these two men. One of them end up ends up dying. The baker ends up dying. The cupbearer forgets all about him because he gets exalted back to his position, forgets about him for two years, right? And you you just see all these these incredible men that are that understand submission. You know, the book of James says, "Submit yourselves to God, then resist the devil." Right. And uh, he will flee. We like to forget about the first part, submitting yourself to God, and uh, and even Christ understood that he was obedient even unto death. Right. You know he, I mean, you know, in a way he was submitted. Of course, you know he's God Almighty. Doesn't have much of a reason to submit, but he still did it anyways. He still humbled himself, uh, even when he did not need to. But I say all that to say, the way that we are going to uh, possess the promised land is by that submission and and uh and servanthood and christ uh exemplifies that perfectly in his life but he doesn't just show a quick example of it just by his life i mean that's the very essence of what god is you know uh, you know the bible makes it very clear that god is is love and, and really if you ask me i mean love is sacrifice because jesus said that there's no greater love than that a man would lay down his life right uh for his friends, you know, I mean, God, from the beginning of time, since he's been making, creating things, he's always been serving, you know, he, he made this whole earth. Yeah. Creation was a sacrifice. Yeah. And it was, and it was, he did it for us. You know, he made the stars, the, the whole earth, everything that we have, he did it for us. He, you know, of course, not that he is subservient to us by any means. And that's not what I'm saying, but, you know, but at the very mention of his name, you know, he's, you know, he, we can feel his presence and we can, uh, and we can ask him of things, you know, it's just, it's his very nature to serve, uh, to bless, you know, to, to do things for his, for his people. And of course we should be, we should be like our heavenly father. And that's how we're going to possess the land. Absolutely. Uh, that's how we're going to have this end time harvest. That's how we're going to see, uh, you know, uh, you know, I I think we're going to see a billion souls in this end time harvest. You know, it's, it's going to be powerful. Yeah. 
and uh, it's only going to come by submission and uh, servanthood. So right. find out what you can do in your local church. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, some, some of the greatest preachers of our time and uh, preachers of old, you know, they got their start uh, in very humbling ways, you know, and uh, uh, one of my favorite preachers of, of our generation is a guy named Caleb Herring. And I, I talked about him a couple episodes ago in this series. Um, but, you know, he, he talked about how he scrubbed literally 7,000 toilets before he ever preached a revival or a youth camp or any any kind of thing that, you know, we would define as sort of a success as a preacher, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and we talked about that in the last one a little bit too, yeah. Yeah, and he he, he was totally submitted and, and served his pastor right. uh, with with no reservation. Right. And that's that's just what we got to do. And not yeah. just serve our pastor. Of course, that's included, but serving other people, serving the lost soul, serving people right. that that need to feel that love of God mm-hmm. and rescue them from the, the bondage that of the living in this world yeah. has, has brought them. From people that just yeah. want to gain and people who are out to, yep. to steal and to take over. Mm-hmm. As you were saying that, I felt the Spirit tell me that submission is anointing. But s- serving is ministry. Yeah. That's that is, right. and I just felt that come over because it. One thing, and as you were talking, um, it says it, it mentions that they were trained servants. Yeah. So like you were talking about Caleb Herring, he he spent time and he scrubbed the toilets and he and he was submitted and he was mentored. He was trained. So at this point, they were ready. It says they were trained servants they weren't just servants they were trained servants they were they have been prepared they had been abram had been preparing them and training them and they had been trained and ready for this moment to to go and fight and and to save what was what was taken in bondage bondage and one thing we we you mentioned before we hit record is that even after Abram goes and saves and reestablishes everything back to the way it's supposed to be, Lot still remains in Sodom. He still doesn't understand the danger. He's still living in the what he under, what he calls pleasure of of the land and the wick. He's he's enjoying the wickedness and he's he's learning to 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 live with the wrong that's there and not dealing with it to the point that it overtakes him and it captures him and it, it takes his goods, takes his family, takes his, his life to the point where a man of God has to come into his life that he, that he knew and a man of God has to go and fight in the night for him. Yes, I've had people come to me saying in times of sin in my life where they'd come to me and said, I stayed up all night praying for you, war and men of God that I knew say I, I was praying for you all night long, and that's what this is this is spiritually referring to here is that you're going to have men of men of men of God, people of God that war for you all the night long in the midnight hour praying in spiritual warfare for you, so that you can come out of that bondage and you can you can come back under the under the submission of the Lord, yeah. and that's what He does, and even after that deliverance, even after that being set free of that bondage of being overtaken by his his what he deemed as pleasure he still went right back to it re- like a dog re- returning to his vomit yep. and, uh, you know and uh what happened after all of this uh at least soon to be you know lot 
you know, Lot's get freed from his bondage. He goes right back to Sodom. And of course, you know, I maybe not everyone, but I think a lot of people have heard the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, especially if you've been in church for a very long time. Uh, you've definitely heard the story. Uh, you know this, and if not, we're gonna we're definitely gonna go over. Yeah, it. Yeah, we definitely will. Just but, FYI. But just a brief look at Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> we keep getting ahead of ourselves, but just all this stuff just connects too much for us to not talk about it. But uh, but the fate of Sodom and Gomorrah after all of that is uh, it's not pretty. God destroys the entire city, and of course he, uh, of course God sends angels to Lot and his family uh, to to give them a chance to escape and. Some of them do. Some of them make it. Um, most of them don't, though. And even for the ones that did make it outside of the city, uh, Lot's wife still turns around and looks at the city, even though the angels told them, don't look back You know, at the city. Whenever you're leaving that life of sin, you can't can't look back you know, because uh, it'll just entice you once again. But once you're set free of that, don't stay there. Get out. <laughs> Cut off whatever you got to cut off, you know, because it's so easy to go right back into it. But but if you go right back into it and get in bondage of it again, uh, the consequences could be worse the next time or the next time. I mean, however many times you get set free and get delivered and go back to it, you know, how many times it repeats the cycle. I mean, you know, the Bible, you know, Jesus in the New Testament says that uh, he uses this parable, but uh, seven times more spirits will come on you you know if, if a wicked spirit leaves a man he come he'll eventually come back and check out what's going on he'll bring seven more spirits worse than himself right. you know uh it's just a dangerous dangerous thing to play with there right, absolutely. it really is but yeah and and the, i think the key factor that we need to take away from this this point in scripture is keep training mm-hmm. keep training keep keep under that submission of the man of god in your life keep training because there's coming a moment where you're going to witness people that you know that is that are in bondage and they're they're being overtaken by yep. kings of this world and people of this world and principalities that have taken over them and subject them to addiction and mm-hmm. and there's the only hope they they have is for you and the only only way that you can as you can do that is if you keep training if you yeah. if you're train if you're a trained servant if you're not only just serving but you're but you're you're an understanding of what you're doing mm-hmm. You know, you're in, you're in capacity to, to be able to teach somebody else in a way yeah. that you're trained, that you've you've graduated. Keep training, keep pressing, keep learning, keep digging into scripture, keep yeah. keep finding out what everything means, keep looking deeply into the Word of God. That's the whole reason we have this this podcast to begin with, it's created from a desire of just the Bible and and finding out what actually the Bible talks about what does it actually refer to and clearing up right. the bl- the blurriness and the blindness and get, putting a real picture on the details of the Bible and and its perfection mm-hmm. and the word of God and how important it is in our lives keep keep pressing towards that keep Amen. keep just keep going keep training Amen. keep serving that's Amen. the uh, that's the one thing I, I have to say on this chapter is just keep training keep serving yeah. for that Amen. one soul and uh, yeah, to kind of go back to you know what we're talking about, you know, I mean, servanthood is ministry. You know, um, uh, you know, in, in Ephesians it talks about you know the fivefold ministry and all that. You know, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And you know, God gives us the fivefold ministry for the perfecting of the saints, 
for the work of the ministry, right? Ministry is not uh, limited to uh, like the pulpit or whatever. It's, or those five. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, you know, uh, we, we we tend to think about that, but it's not. That's not where. That's not where the majority of ministry is. It's it's in there, but it's uh, it's not where it should stay, right? And uh, you know, in the book of James, uh, chapter one. Verses 26 and 27, this kind of shows you what ministry is really about. Uh, starting at verse 26, if anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Uh, religion, for some reason, is kind of a bad word these days because people associate it with you know, vain traditions of men and things like that. But yeah, the phrase relationship of religion, yeah. that, that kind of stuff, just mm-hmm. religions and what you're about to say, I already know, but yeah. religion is not an issue. Yeah. It's, uh, it's the, it's the issue of, uh, what kind of religion you got. And yeah. Verse 27 says pure and undefiled religion Amen. before God and the father is this to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world and you can only really do ministry if you're unspotted from the world to do it in its fullest extent for sure you know that separation from the world yeah Yeah. and uh, and at that time abram was separated from the world you know we're in this world but we're not of it you know abram went in you know to go uh free lot in them but he wasn't of the world you know he wasn't of wasn't, their their culture, their he sin. If, yeah. uh, as we dig further into a story, in, into his story, um, we're gonna realize that because of the, the because of geologically and physically where he is positioned, and that what we deem as miserable is he, is he's gonna be able to open his doors to the heavens, and he's gonna be able to have more conversations with God and have yeah. more of an established um, relationship to God. You know, after he's separated himself from a burden and, and separating and left Egypt, left his sin, left it, you know, rep- and repented of his weight and took to, uh, leave, left behind that burden. And he's going to go and he's going to dwell in, in, in what God sees as strength, what God mm-hmm. calls strength. And he's going to he's going to live in that place and dwell there. And he's going to begin to have the angelic host visit his home and he's going to be able to understand the promise of God more and the call that's on his life more because of the separation that he has. Mm-hmm. And Amen. and the the common theme that we have in this story, in this in this series that we're doing, one of the main things that we wanted to focus on was Abraham Abraham's relationship to God. But because of his religion he could was able to keep his relationship to God because of the commitments and the vows that he made to God and the and the you can't have relationship without vows. We're just gonna go ahead and establish that you can't have a relationship without <laughs> you can't have relationship without. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be an actually. Oh my episode, goodness, just know. all over the place. But you can't. Oh my goodness. Anyway, you're good. You're good. Back to what I was saying. Uh, you just can't have. You can't have a relationship without vows. Yeah. And that's what religion is in this. Amen. That it's talking about is the vows, commitment to God. Yes, sir. 
Amen. Amen. Well, to wrap up episode four of Abraham, uh, episode four, Kingdom of Servants, we're going to hit a very controversial topic in the next episode, (laughs) but we're going to talk about the meaning of it, not the what people battle about in their minds and the the actual controversy of it. We're going to talk about Melchizedek and his um, relationship that he established with Abraham. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for joining us. We love you guys. Follow, like, subscribe, whatever you got to do to keep, to keep listening to us. Just do it. (laughs) Just don't forget that notification. That's right. Hit that (laughs) bell guys. Hit that bell. Well, thank you guys for listening and we'll see you guys in the next episode. God bless.